Greetings, everyone. I'm Lisa Michelle, host of Artist to Artist. You can also find me on Instagram as Artistic Diva 722. I spend so much time creating art. I love art in so many different mediums. You know, art relaxes me, and I love sharing my art with public. My favorite is painting with acrylic, but I'm open to co-create apps, watercolor, I love watercolor, abstract art, and other art forms. I am an artist, so when I do find some time to unwind, I love to feature other artists, and after seeing their work on Instagram and Facebook and other social media platforms, I want to know where they got their vision and inspiration. So I must invite them on my Artist to Artist show for a chat. We as humans are always going through something in life, and it is good for us as artists to be able to express our emotions and our thoughts through art. Words of encouragement, affirmations, manifestations. So, once again, this is Lisa Michelle, and you're listening to Artist to Artist, broadcasting live in Southern California. I'm here every first Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining me. We're going to have a great show with a great guest. Stay tuned. Hello, y'all. Welcome back to Artist to Artist. This is a podcast that features all visual artists worldwide. I have a huge platform, and I like to give back to the artist community, and I absolutely love giving back to my fellow artists, and it just it makes you, it makes you feel good. So I'm just like, oh, yeah. I wanted to give you an update and I have been like super busy behind the scenes, so I missed a couple of podcasts, but I'm back. I was preparing for Inkwell, which is, oh, it's an artist feature. It's like a festival of sorts, and it features a local artist in Antelope Valley, where I live, out in Palmdale, it features local artists and local authors so it's an author and artist festival so you get to set up all of your uh, wares and vend and um, promote your items that you create and everything and it's really good so I've only been out in this area for about almost two years but when I first came and moved out this way I missed the first one so it was really exciting to uh, have my first inkwell, and it was, oh, my God, everybody was there. It was all kind of grown folks, children, and everything, and it was just absolutely amazing. So I thank the city of Palmdale for hosting inkwell, and it was hosted at Legacy Commons for Active Seniors. It's a senior center that's um, close by my home, and... It's a place where a lot of seniors gather, and they have all kind of uh, different activities. And, of course, one of the activities is art. I could name off the others, but they don't have anything to do with what we're talking about, so I'm not going to name all that off. But they do have a, 
art class, which is um, Painting Rescue by Deb. And you typically just bring your own items in there. And if you have any questions or anything about any techniques, Deb has over uh, at least 40 years' worth of um, knowledge under her belt. So any kind of technique you can think of, you she she has you. So, And then I also host with uh, the producer, Gigi the Storyteller, hosts the art club, and that's every Tuesday, and that is in another city, Lancaster, California. And we are certified art therapists as well, but we do host an art club for the seniors over there every Tuesday and Thursday. And what I'll tell you is all kind of fun to be had. All of the women that have come, and men too, that have come to join the um, the art club, they never painted in their life. And they're, they're painting and they're excited and they go out to Michael's or Hobby Lobby and get their art supplies or they up on Amazon or Timu buying all kind of crafts and supplies to paint. And do you know, they never knew that they could. Oh, I'm not an artist. I told them everybody's an artist. All you have to do is try or an artist, especially those children. So you have to have like a childlike mindset and just um, go on into it and dive in. They do charcoal drawing also acrylic painting, they do paint pouring, they do chain pull art that involves acrylic paint and Floetrol um, agents so the uh, paint can slide and mix around and pour and swirl. Oh, it's just absolutely just so many wonderful things. Oh, and of course, watercolor. Watercolor is really actually my favorite thing to do So because it's uh, – you can rewake that paint back up with a dot of water, and it's just amazing. So, ooh-wee. And also, I was in Generations last year, which is a jury art competition. At the time, I didn't know it was a competition. I was just entering. And I was discouraged last year by some people. Oh, you know, they pick the same people every year. Oh, you know, I'm gonna let, I've won so many times. I'm going to let someone else win. And I'm like, huh, I'm going to enter anyway. I have no time for such negative talk, bad vibes, good vibes only. So I entered and got second place. So I will be entering again next year. This year it's coming up. So I have until August 1st to get my art in. So you see anything on my um, page on uh, Artistic Diva 722? Let me know because I'm going to submit three pieces so they can choose and hopefully they like something that I've done and they have me in the running up of uh, the generations. And it's for all age groups. I think it starts the uh, youngest is six and the oldest category is 55 plus. So, yeah. So anyway, y'all, I am going to catch you soon. Stay tuned. You're listening to Artist to Artist broadcasted in sunny Southern California. Stay tuned. You're broken down and tired of living life on the merry-go-round. And you can't find a fighter, but I see it in you, so we can walk it out. 
and you were listening to the song Rise Up by Andra Day, A-N-D-R-A, and then E-A-Y. And just to let you know, I don't own the rights to this song, but it's simply beautiful, and I love that song. It, I don't know, it's a really emotional song for me because everybody's rose up some kind of way. We got stories. Everybody got stories. So without further ado, I would love to introduce you to our artist-to-artist, visual artist guest. I met her and many other artists online, and I came across her page, and I said, ooh, J. Louise Studio, Miss Janie McGee, her style of art tells a story of history and whimsy and all kind of different things. So without further ado, welcome, Miss Janie McGee. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning to you, and um, happy Sunday to you and all your listeners, too. It's just a real honor to be on your show, too. And also, big fan of your art, too. Your art's just amazing. Thank you. I would love to know how you got started, Janie, because everything you do is just magical. And let our listeners know, how did you first discover that you were even interested in art? Like, how old were you? What happened? Oh, well, pull a chair up and grab a cup of coffee on that one. Um, <laughs> I um, got started... <laughs> It's, it's it's one of those, you know, on the way home stories. Um, I got started with art when I was um, probably about seven, eight years old. I come from a family of eight. I'm the seventh out of eight. Um, my brother, who was a professional artist um, who trained me, passed away a few months ago. But um, my brother, Charles Dillard, had went to Africa and with the black arts of who's who. And my mom and dad had put all eight of us in college. So it was like you just, you find what you love and you do it and you create. So at a very young age, my brother started training me in art. I would go down in the basement and we'd have a studio down there, and we would paint. We'd also make a lot of homemade wine. Um, got in trouble once for blowing wow. up the, uh, um, some beer in the kitchen and, uh, in the basement and blew some beer up, and my mom went off on us. So uh, thank God that stick didn't reach us, but that was, we were down there just doing our own thing. We had paint, Max, we had painted uh, on the wall um, Stevie, Under, Stevie Wonder's album. Um, I think it was uh, the one with the sun on it. I think it was Paradise. I think I'm not sure the name of it, but we had painted his whole album on the wall and the Funkadelics and we were doing our own thing. Well, I was in school, and um, I was very, very quiet. I wasn't really um, an outgoing um, um, student. I've always been kind of introvert um, like that. But my teachers saw that I loved to draw from that experience, and so um, they had me to start doing um, all the billboards around the um, the school for, like, Christmas, holidays, Halloween stuff. And I just loved um, Charlie Brown. Um, Schwartz was just amazing to me. So I would take and duplicate the um, the Charlie Brown images on b- big old pieces of butcher port all, all the way around the, uh, um, the school. And from that, I just kind of got hooked on it. And then from that, I also was into music. I started piano, flute, and violin, and viola at that time, going into middle school. Um, I was doing art and creating, doing murals around the city, and then also writing, um, performing, dance. You know, Black History Month, I would perform um, pieces to uh, Paul Lawrence Dunbar and other different pieces. So by the time I got to high school, I was in everything from music to dance to art, um, um, just creating it to writing. But my first love was always um was always art. And so from there, I um, had my first show with my brother when I was 15 years old at Kamako, which was an extension center for um, African Americans. I was very, 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 very fortunate um, coming from originally Columbus, Ohio, to grow up in a community of very strong um, black artists. My brother, um, 
who was uh, Mina Robinson, who's world-renowned, and um, Smokey and Leon Page, and just artists from who we, we just did festivals. We'd set up on the street, and we would build pieces up the wall and, you know, lay out our stuff and sell and do our own thing. And um, and then we, at one point, we even started an art organization when I was in um, – just coming out of high school for um, crack was really bad in 84. So this was that, that about 81, 84 after high school, we started organizations to use art to help people to um, kind of like um, move away from crack and, and find positive ways of life. And so I went off to college, you know, ended up getting my degree. I went in the military, um, worked on the post newspaper um, of the, up the Fort Carson, Colorado, did graphic design, stuff like that. And um finally finished college um, after marriage, divorce, which is a long story, and ended up um, getting my degree and just been exhibiting ever since then since I was 15 years old. Um, my art and my writing, my, I've published about 25 books, working on a few more. I've got two music Ooh, wow. that I kind of mess with. And um, I had cancer a year ago, which I, me and you had shared about. I had an endometrial cancer stage four. They gave me literally one day to live. And so I had a 10-hour surgery and was cancer, been cancer-free since last year. So I'm recovering from a lot of that. But just in my own little space, just um, writing and doing my books and doing my art and my music. And um, I get up and usually I dance every other morning, uh, Monday. And I'm, I'm an old-school B-girl. I used to break dance when I was in the Army. So... We, that's oh, how we wow. took out our anger. We would battle people in the club. So if you had a problem with us, we just went out there and we just start popping. So I, I usually film myself every other Monday. I post it sometimes on Instagram, TikTok, or my, myself trying to dance, even though my feet hurt because um, just that rhythm and that music just keeps me alive. So I've been pretty much an artist since then. And um, I, I love art and I admire art and just even the things that you're doing. Your art is just so amazing. I just, the emotional and just the mastering of your craft always blows me away. So that's pretty much how I got started. Oh, I just absolutely love that. I want to know about those books. Um, You say you have 25 of them. Could you let the listeners know what type of books they are? Because, you know, we don't want to assume, you know? Yes, yes. What kind of books? I've written a children's book called How to Give a Mouse a Bath, and I've got a series of that one coming on. And most of my art books are um, for diversity. I have um, prayer books. I write for Prayers for Black Women, Prayers for Black Women, um, God Still Heals, um, and that's for my own journey. At one point, I was deep and hot and heavy in the church and, you know, ministering the gospel and seeing thousands of people come to Christ. Um, I even did one um, – I ministered at a maximum security with a – um, Leonard, who was one of the uh, Temptations, and um, his wife, Darlene, who used to be one of the solid goat dancers, she the one with the long black hair, they flew in and we ministered there. So <laughs> I, I ended up doing um, a writing about all of my spiritual experiences, but I don't really go to church right now. I'm still a hardcore Christian, but I left the church just because of all the, the hatred and the things that I've seen. There's just I'm just all about that love and that positivity and just loving people where they are. I didn't see that. So my books echo that, except for the fact that they're a little hard in a sense of warfare. Um, I grew up in what you would call a haunted house, and I had a lot of experience with paranormal things and stuff of that nature. Um, I won't get into all of that, but I did. So a lot of my books are warfare books. And, of course, I have um, Joy Is, which is my first adult coloring um, book. It's it's my own spin on um, Swords with Charlie Brown, who um, when he came out with Franklin Armstrong just blew me away. So I always wanted to do something like the Happiness Is series, but that was my own take on for black people. And then I have three or four novels that I've written out of the 25. Um, my one novel, uh, it's a little... 
hard for. It's called a run and text me freedom. Um, my slaves have uh, cell phones that I created from um, technology all the way back from Ethiopia using copper in a box, and they text themselves to freedom. And I, I really love history, so I documented a lot of history in my books, a lot of like, um, you know, um, Harriet Tugman, people who were who were there, slavery, um, kind of funny. One of the places where it starts at um, um, is a actual end, Sulphur White Inn, which is up in, uh, I think, West Virginia. And I just saw it on the news recently, which I was like, oh, my God, that's the place I found in my book. So that's that one. The other one is called The Tent and the Crossroad, uh, the other novel, which is about uh, Robert Johnson, how he made a um, pack at the crossroad um, with the devil um, for his career. And even the historical accounts of his life, they don't know how he came back six months later and technically could play guitar at that level. Um, all of them were just blown away with that. So he died, I think, in 1938, really violently for four days. A woman he was with poisoned him. But my book kind of deals with um, a woman and a man who meet, who are at the crossroad, and he's making a pack with the devil, and he gets away, and they both have to run and jump on a train. And then there's a whole sort of candide um, experiential sort of a adventure they go on to um, with that whole situation of him trying to break the pact that he had made. And then how I got over his novel about my mother and my father, um, sort of a fictional, of how they raised um, these kids and moved from um, West Virginia to uh, Columbus, Ohio. And that's called How I Got Over. So I've, I've been writing for a very long time. I used to write for the military, uh, the journalist for the reserve, and I published when I was 17 at Ohio State University. I've written poetry, fiction, nonfiction. Um, we've written, me and my husband, for small press newspapers. We've done um, articles for uh, Black History Month, things like that, um, you know, interviews, things of that nature. So I've been writing for a very long time. The problem is I'm dyslexic. So my spelling is just trash. It's just trash. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's like it, it, I, I memorize everything. I have a photographic memory. But when it comes to um, writing sometimes, it's just like I don't think there's that many Zs in that word. So I have to usually back up and go use Grammarly. Um, but writing is, is, is one of my favorite things to do. So And then my music. You know, I'm not the best piano player or whatever, but I use a lot of software and studio stuff, and I'm more of a composer. So that's where that's at. Oh, that's awesome. I will ask you, of course, a few more things because we're getting to know you and the listening audience. So everybody, you're listening to Artist Artist on Blog Talk Radio slash Hot Words Hot Topics. Stay tuned. Thought that I was right Knew that you were wrong I chose the upper hand Over open hands Bitterness over understand Now there's rooms in my heart
Welcome back, y'all. Welcome back to Artist to Artist that features all visual artists worldwide. You don't have to be a painter on canvas or even a digital artist that creates an app. You can crochet, make tumblers, or just any kind of thing, macrame, you know, so have it, whatever it, the uh, case may be. Anything that's visual, that's art, you too can be a feature on Artist to Artist podcast. We are speaking with our guest, Ms. Mrs. Janie McGee, and she is of J. Louise Studio. And Miss Janie, I want to find out if you had a message to give to others whose faith has been shaken. Do what? What would you tell them? Anything particular, maybe? Um, yeah, that's that's a hard one because we're living in a time right now where um, there's so many um, spiritual options, and a lot of times um, when people's faith is shaken in God or angry at God, it's it's sometimes what we've been taught or what we we believe, but it's not sometimes what we know, not know of God. Um, my journey for faith, real quick, actually started from starting uh, from studying archaeology. Um, I was in class in college in a, a University of Southern Colorado, and I just was taken with archaeology and uh, was just fascinated with it. But I found a lot of things that were in the Bible were actually historical locations, so there was more evidence to prove. Um, and some of the other different belief systems were, I'm, I'm a lazy believer. <laughs> it's like some of it was like you have to go climb a rock, go kiss a tree, you know, sit in a chamber, you know, pay three frogs. It was like, you know what? I'm from the hood originally. Uh-uh, I don't think so. If I can't get to Jesus quickly, then I don't want it. So a lot of times I would say just give God another try and approach him from a very personal um, point of view. Whatever you're going through, he's a personal God. He's not going to fall off the throne. He's not against you. David Hume's a great philosopher and once says you cannot perceive anything unless it already exists. And from an intellectual point of view, in order to perceive God, he has existed. You couldn't think of him at all. So things that exist exist from things that exist. You can't perceive. I sat one day and tried for 25 minutes to think of things that didn't exist, and I couldn't because they had to exist to perceive them. I know it's complicated, but what that cleans up for a lot of people no, is if there is – it, yeah, it's it's like um, it, uh, a creating artwork is taking a collection of things that already cre- are already there and manipulating them and mastering them into another level of creation. So to have blue and green, you have to have blue and green to make blue and green become yellow. You have to mix things. Faith is the same way. You have to take the things that exist and things you believe and begin to create with inside of yourself um, that personal relationship with God and, and look at that from a very personal point of view and let God have your trust. Um, I've gone through the cancer. I was healed. Um, I, there, I know someone who just had a funeral two weeks ago for having the same thing um, that I had. My son, who was crippled with arthritis when he was nine, was miraculously healed seven months ago and has danced around the world. My daughter, you know, just emotional and mental healing. I've seen God move. So for me, it's not going to church and, you know, paying Pastor Willie 10 bucks and, you know, sitting on the pew <laughs> saying, can I get an amen, you know, or, you know, going to some tacky Christian um, picnic and eating macaroni with seven cheese and all of it burns your mouth. It's like that's just not the God that I serve. 
And I know that's kind of messed up to say that, but I've been walking with God for 37 years, and I've prayed for people, and I've seen miracles, and I've seen God move, and I've seen the hand of God. So in your own personal walk with God, just try Jesus again. And and, and, and on that note, I would say this, and I'll, I'll stop there. With Jesus, um, I've studied every religion in the world. I mean, I've studied witchcraft, voodoo, shamanism, I mean, Islam. I was I was pulling magic out of every trick you can think of before I came to God. And my own conversion from archaeology and my own personal relationship it was what do you do with the name of Jesus? And everybody had him as a master, as a you know, as a cook or something. It was like you know, maybe he's a carpenter. I don't know. He's working down the street at Joe's Cleaner. Everybody had somebody they was doing Jesus. And so I went to him himself through prayer and just like you know, and the Word of God and reading it. Who are you? And that's when he revealed himself to me historically and you know, began to uh, reveal himself from an archaeological point of view. They recently found on the mercy seat. I won't get into all that, but it was blood that supposedly came from Jesus. And, and I really believe it did, but when they actually took it into the lab and scientifically examined it, it only had a um, an um, X chromosome, which is a woman. It didn't have a Y, which is what the male was missing. And that there's documentation of and, and after science and history and everything that he exists. So just ask him yourself and just talk to God and just work through your faith. Faith is a journey. It, you don't just show up and all of a sudden yeah, you got on yeah. a white robe and you're at church and you're shouting and the fan drops and you're like, hallelujah, brother. It doesn't work like that. It's a journey. We, we're all in a place of discovery. Mine sort of started off in the occult and a lot of other things, and I migrated to where I am with God. So I would just say in your own simple faith, just talk to God, simple prayer, and just try him again. And if you have the Bible, dust it off, read it. But if you don't, he'll still get to you. The, the, the people who walk with Jesus didn't have the Bible. They wrote it. So he existed prior to words yeah, in that true. regard. So I won't get into all that. But, yeah, that's what my encouragement is. Sorry about that. <laughs> that's okay. Never apologize here on Artist to Artist. Um, and all your views are just fine because the producer, Gigi the Storyteller, she has her own broadcast that broadcasts every second Saturday. She has really um interesting topics, so I'll make sure you get that info. And it's called her show is called Ovasi Views and mm-hmm. it speaks on just those um things that you were just speaking about and many more. And the next one that's coming up is on June the tenth, twenty twenty three. And and the t- title is called I Can't Juneteenth with Y'all. So don't invite me. Oh. Oh, it's going to be a good <laughs> yeah. broadcast, but we're going we gonna to get back into that later because it's all about you right now. <laughs> I would Thank love you so much. To know I look forward what, to it. You're so welcome. <laughs> I want to know, what is your favorite medium to use? I, I really like watercolor, but I do love acrylic as well. What do you like? Um, probably um, I, I consider myself a mixed media. I, I'm with you. I love water colors. Um, I just recently brought Andrew Wise's book. You know, he did a piece of um, of the woman going up the the field. All of his artwork is amazing. But I love watercolor. And with watercolors, I found I love working on hot pressed paper because it doesn't. I used to work in an art store years ago in Colorado Springs, but with hot pressed paper, it doesn't um, run and bleed like um, cold press does. So you can control it more, like when you're doing illustration. 
patients with it. So, but I work in acrylics. I worked in oil. Um, I also do our paint trays, teapots. I do sculpting. I have wood sculptures that I work on. So coming from that background, some people go to my website and it looks like there's 15 artists on it, but I don't bind myself to one particular style or thing or topic because you, you feel something different. Now, I do a lot of documentation of black history from 1619, actually, um, first lady here, 1555, but you can always go all the way back to when they, when they arrived over here without white folks <laughs> that back in B.C., but I'll leave it at that. But, uh, that, that it, it, you know, you get technical history is 360. You have to look at the whole perspective. But I do document black history from 1619 to 1960. Um, real quick, one of the most amazing things that happened to me was when I did a National Black Women's Congress in D.C., and I had uh, pieces of art I did on wood. It was a piece called The Sit-In of what black folks went through in 1950s trying to, you know, go to, um, you know, diners and stuff and, and having food put on them. And this old lady walked up to me, and she was like, oh, my God, I love your art. And she was with her son. And, you know, I started talking to her, and I didn't recognize her a whole lot. She just had a glow to her. So I showed her the piece called The Sit-In, which I had painted with mixed media on wood. And, um, and at this conference, there was like um, – uh, Barbara Bush, there was Hillary Clinton, there was Black Women, Bethune, um, everybody you can think of, Jackson, all these people here. Dick Gregory was speaking and apparently had pissed somebody off really bad in the room so people were coming out. I don't know what that man said, but folk were fired <laughs> up. So I happened to have a table outside of there, and his his daughter came out. But anyway, though, so the, 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 I showed her the piece called The Sit-In, and she was like, I love this piece. It was on wood. Um, at one point, I was painting on wood left and right, and I got tired of dragging it around, so it was like the last series of wood. And so um, I go, yeah, I can ship it to you. So she handed me her card and stuff. It was Rosa Parks. And I was wow. just blown away. Her and her son Raymond wanted me to ship the piece to their youth center in uh, Michigan. And so two weeks later, I emailed her on Friday, and Saturday morning she passed away. I never did get the piece to wow. her, but I was able to sell it to someone else. So I paint in every possible um, medium because – one of the things I think why as an artist is that whether you're really a realistic or abstract or conceptual artist, sometimes there's different medias that you can't manipulate. My series called Grace Work is all in oil pastels. My Church Lady series I've been doing for wow. almost 20 years is all in watercolors. My uh, Migration series, which is of black people moving from um, 19... 1900s, 20s, 30s, 40s, up north and, you know, around the country, that's done pretty much on a canvas. My praise pieces are cut up in wood. So, you know, I, I never know what I'm going to work with. In my studio, I have boxes of just stuff and things that I kind of move around with. So, but I, I do, I love watercolors a lot, but I love everything too. Art is just a place of, of you don't know what your voice is going to say and you don't know what tool it's going to take that day for your voice to be able to clear. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm also curious, um, you, I've been painting for like a thousand years, at least it feels like it anyway, but um, I know about hot press and cold press, but I never had thought about it as far as watercolor goes. Is there a certain brand that you like and will it say hot pressed on there and what weight is the paper? Uh, yes, it'll say hot press. Normally, it's about 130% weight, um, and you can buy it online. And a real um, sideways is a Frederick's um, Art Supplies has what's called watercolor board, and I love that. It looks like it's a um, stretched canvas, and it looks like a canvas board, but it's actually watercolor um, paper that's been stretched in the board. And the texture of that is more like a hot press um, than it is a cold press. You can buy those online. Normally, I get the, the watercolor board. 
And I, literally, if you pick it up, you think you could have a, a canvas from Michael's, but it's not canvas. It's specifically stretched and absorbed um, for um, for watercolors and even acrylics you can use on it if you want to because, you know, you can water those down a little bit too. But, yeah, that's something that I use also too with watercolor board long hot press. But just about, about 130 pounds, and you can buy it online. Sometimes you have to ask for it because um, it's – I buy it by the pack, and you can buy it single sheets, but sometimes it's a little bit hard to find at certain art supply stores. Oh, okay. And is Frederick's like an online art supply store? Uh, Frederick's is a, a brand. So if you go to like a okay, Cheap Joe's brand. Art or Blix, um, you can, or even Amazon, if you type in watercolor board, um, and if you type in Frederick's behind it, they've been around for um, – God, forever. Um, I was using them when I was in high school. They're an older brand of art suppliers. Um, I don't know if they have a direct art site, but I do buy their stuff from Blix and Cheap Joe's, and there's all kind of good discounts you can get from that too, though. But watercolor board is amazing, though. It, 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 girl, it'll turn your life around. <laughs> I bet it just, would. Just using it. <laughs> I would also like to thank the listeners for listening in, and I invite you Call in at 563-999-3742, push option one, and you will be able to speak with Miss Janie McGee, and she can answer any questions you may have because I got all kind of questions because I just love art like she does. So I'm really excited, and I wanted to know, is there a, a way that they can purchase your books, do that do you have a website? If so, can you give that to them and that info? Um yes. Um you can go to Amazon and type in Janie McGee books and they'll come up. On my website I have some of them on there, which is www.jlouisestudio.com. J L O U I S E S T U D I O at um at um no, excuse me, uh, dot com. Excuse me, I think about my email, dot com. So jlouisestudio.com <laughs> is my website, and you can click on books there, and you'll see some of the books that are down there. Um, and I'm working on some, some newer stuff. I don't push and market my books a whole lot because they're not for uh, the faint of heart. I've got one series, which is Prayers for Single Mothers, um, and one's for, for single black mothers, the one's for single black fathers, because I saw such a baby mama drama going off that I wanted to be able to healing. And my books are all about, like, getting to the root of it. And even the prayer books, prayers for black women, prayers for black men, uh, prayers for the workplace, they're warfare prayers. They're not, um, and this is my interpretation, oh, baby Jesus, if you're not busy, it's like... <laughs> Ain't no baby Jesus up in here like that. This is like, look, I'll bind you in Jesus' name. I'm coming. It's warfare. Um, because I'm in the military, I have an army attitude. So it's like, I wish the devil would. Uh-uh, Holy Ghost clock. You know, that's where I'm at with that. So my books are not for people who just want to get a, you know, a little cup of coffee and, and you know, and, and read a prayer book and get some hope. Mine's are like, you know what, I'm taking over this house back. You know, the doors are going to stop shut. Demons got to go. That's where my books are. Okay. <laughs> That's right. You be bold with that. So, everyone, you are listening to Artist to Artist, and I am Lisa Michelle, your visual artist host. Please stay tuned, and we'll have some more questions for our visual artist guest, Janie McGee. Stay tuned. I woke up. 
Welcome back to Artist Artist. You are listening to the visual artist guest myself. I'm not the guest, but I could be. I'm my own guest. Be your own guest. I would love to let you all know to check out Hot Words, Hot Topics on Facebook. And also you can catch them on the replays on Google Podcast. So that would be wonderful. And we're going to be talking about Fruit of the Spirit on the next, one of the next Ovasi Views, because we're going to do the uh, Juneteenth subject as well. And that'll be one of the topics, because she has two-minute topics on that broadcast. So that'll be on June 10th. So make sure you catch that. And I want to welcome back Mrs. Janie McGee, our visual artist, fine artist guest, Welcome back, Janie. Welcome. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. I would like to know, and I'm sure our listeners would too, I know you have, um, you dabble in all kinds of mediums to make your beautiful art. I, I had read on your profile that you do fine art, you do paints, decor, illustration books, vintage history whimsical Christian and all these other mediums and I'm kind of curious about the whimsical part of it because I'm a whimsy artist as well so how does that work well I think that um, the whimsy comes in you know what most artists are um, right-brained and there's such a freedom of imagination that we have and even look at the whimsical to me it reminds me of just the wind blowing through the mind and being able to allow your thoughts to grow and to not really have to be realistic or be defined or you know be just be more conceptual in what you're doing and allow um, that level of emotions just to take your pen in hand where it goes whether there's you know dogs and cats under stars and the moon on top of a rock with a piece of cheese I mean it doesn't have to make um, logical um, sense you know at, at all um, so that's one of those things that um, I, I love whimsical art. I love when I can allow my imagination to grow. And sadly enough, a lot of that art, um, it may look like it's childish, but I think we're living in a time right now that where um, Picasso says the most beautiful art in the world is the innocence of a child. And I think that when we look at where art right now, people are going through so much suicide, depression, and anger, and rage that to be able to go back to childlike art and see stuff that just makes you feel good on the inside. So I can go from the complexity of taking a photograph from 1936 and painting it. I'm working on a painting right now from someone, an emancipation piece called Moving North, to turning around the next day and doing something whimsical that doesn't require me to know history or politics or topics or anything, but just an expression of life, who I am, what I think, what I feel, which way the wind blows inside of my heart, my mind, and my soul. So that's how I think about whimsical art. You know what, too, Miss Janie, you have a caller on the line, and I will identify you, caller, with the last four digits of your phone number. So be looking at it, what it is, because sometimes we don't know. Three five nine nine, and go ahead. And what's your name, and where you're calling from? Hi, my name is Keisha, and I'm calling from Dallas, Texas. Welcome, Keisha. Do you have a question for Janie McGee? I do. Um, I've been following Ms. McGee's work for years now, and I noticed that she tends to capture um, our African-American perspective um, in a historical way, and I'm just curious, how is she able to capture um, 
both the the pain and the joy and and seemingly in the artwork that she has you can see and feel hope as well how's she able to do that in her painting Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for the uh, the question, teacher. I appreciate that, too. And, and thank you for being in my heart, too. I appreciate you so much. Much love. Um, mm-hmm. I think that um, the reason I'm able to capture all that, because life is, 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 is full. We always want to have one emotion, but with one emotion comes the next emotion, comes the next emotion, comes the next emotion. I have a whole series I've done on... Um, on the lynching of black people in America. And I don't even put that piece, those pieces out a lot. I document like Sabine, Texas, where they hung five people in one day in 1908. There's different historical accounts of that. But within that, um, I have several pieces about the lynching where you'll see the, the son being lynched and the mother crying out and that pain and that hope, but also too the fact that what do we do to change these things? Life is never just one emotion. God has blessed us so much to have such a plethora of emotions, and that's what makes us unique as human as as human beings. The problem is we get caught up on, and art should be able to uh, convey an emotional experience. Um, we have a lot what I call selfie art right now, which is great. Uh, nothing, not even like portraits. It's just everyone's on their phone looking at selfies. That a lot of people are doing faces and faces and faces, and that's amazing. But also, too, we have to make sure that we're capturing the mood of the face, the emotions of who we are, the feeling of the moment. Um, for me, for history myself, surprisingly enough, I've had a lot of um, clients, um, white people actually, buy my art because there's a relationship between when I'm doing sharecroppers and someone will say, well, you know, my grandfather sharecroppered or we used to own land. And sometimes it's a hard story, but you can sense that someone is relating to something. So I'm able to do that birth of God's hand on my life, but also, too, just knowing after studying human beings and history so much, we are all in this thing together. And if we love each other, we wouldn't have wars. If we could see art as a healing for those things, if we can express emotions and be able to allow people to agree and disagree, right now where the world is, we'd be in a better place. And I hope my art, some kind of ways, no matter what I paint or what I put on paper, that someone can pull away and feel not one thing, but hopefully three or four things and walk away with some level of hope. Yes. It's so necessary to have your work, uh, Janie, because with – CRT, especially being from the South, there are a lot of stories that need to be told that we can't even speak on in the classroom because of critical race theory. And so I'm so grateful to know that you are capturing that history because without it, we, our story won't be told. It just won't go. It just won't be told. And so it's so necessary, not just the enslavement, but also our um, successes, our wins, our in, our inventions, just all that we are as African Americans. So I just want to say kudos and, kudos and thank you and continue to do that amazing work that you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate that, too. I, I will never have enough canvas to tell all the stories, and you're so right. There's so many things that need to be told from the beginning of the end. And if we all pick our place on the timeline, we can do this. There are people who are contemporary artists that are documenting what we're going through right now, and minds is not letting us forget about the history so we can see the present and have right. hope for the future. It's a straight line, and we all have a piece on the whole line. And the day that I, you know, pass up and go into heaven with Jesus and Moses and me talk about tea and cupcakes and, you know, <laughs> deal with what we went through this life and all the people accidentally cussed out, people I gave the finger to and all that jive, I hope to get up there and be able to hear well done and know that that will be the last piece of canvas. So thank you so much, too, for just your commitment to my artwork, too. I really appreciate it. 
thank, thank you, you thank so you. much, Keisha. Thank you so much for uh-huh. calling in. I hope you'll be a regular person that will call into Artist to Artist podcast. So Absolutely. I thank you very much. You're welcome. Absolutely. I definitely support uh, Ms. McGee's work. She's amazing. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thank so you so much. much. Mm-hmm. Miss, All right. Miss Janie, I have yes. mm-hmm. another uh, inquiry and everything, and I want to know um, how many years have you been painting? I want your listeners to know because I know, of course, already. I'm 47 going on 48 years, and I know it seems like I'm only 60, but I started when I was like 15 or 16 professionally. And the minute you sell a piece of artwork or a book or whatever it is you have, the minute you sell a dance performance or you automatically become a professional in the eyes of the world as far as like that first sale. So that was when I was uh, 15 years old. I did a show with my uh, my brother, and I've been going strong since then too. And I, I, I see art in everything, and that's like with you. You know, you, you, you I watch shadows and light and the way things hit. I get subject matters. I think about things, and, you know, things just hit my mind. So, And I love looking at art, too. So thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's been 47 going on 48, long, beautiful, amazing years. So you're only 60 because you don't look 60. I'm like, okay. I- yeah, I'm, I'm 60 years old. I got, yeah, my people, they say, how do they say, your people age good. So. <laughs> Okay. My, yeah, we, we I'm a, you know, I don't crack right now, which is um, very, but also too, I have a, I think your, your your attitude towards life and your positivity is also what keeps, I think, us alive and well. And they found out scientifically that when you think a thought before you even conceive the completion of the thought, your brain and your body automatically responds to it chemically, and then it affects the state of your body. So if you're thinking anger and rage or bitterness or depression or suicide, those things can affect it. And I, I think that's one thing that I try to just stay as positive. Even when I was at death's door a year ago and, you know, had that one day left, they said I wouldn't be here. I had to just – I told them I wasn't ready to go and I had to fight. And I think that we keep fighting and don't give up. And, and this is a message for people. There are a lot of people who are faced with depression and suicide. Um, I had been at my lowest at one point in life, and I remember sitting on the bed, and I was depressed, and I didn't want to live, and I was thinking about just ending it all. And I had my son at the time was a single parent. And, you know, the Lord spoke in my spirit. Just, just in my spirit, it was like it would take us just as much energy for you to sit here and to give in to these motions as it would to get up and change your life. So I went called back to college, finished my degree, and turned my life around. I was only a year and a half short of it, but I had just gone through so much I couldn't take it. Sometimes the energy we would take to sit there and to let it get the best of us is to turn that energy into changing your life. I know that sounds simple and that it's difficult and hard, but for anyone who's battling depression, go just do you. Love you. Our world can't be based upon what other people think and or, or what they feel about us. We can't live vicariously through other people and be je- jealous. This is the life that you have. Live it out loud. Take every day that you mattered. My dad used to say, I cried because I had no shoes until I saw a man that had no feet. And I always think about the fact wow. that no matter how down we are, we, we have the power to turn our lives around. No one's holding a gun to our head. If there is, it's an imaginary gun. We can always, you know, pull a trigger on hope and love and life and live. And yes, just, and yes, love yourself. I like that. 
you know, turn it around. You don't have to wait for anybody else to love you. Love love yourself. You know, that's the biggest critic in the world we have is our own voice. We're our own enemy. And sometimes you have to get in the chair across from that person inside of you and say, look, you need to shut up. I've been listening to you for six, four years mirror. now. I don't like your conversation. <laughs> I don't like the way you smell. I don't like the way you think. And you can't even cook. And tell that person to get up out of okay. there and let the real you stand up and say, I got this. In Jesus' name, I got this. I got this. Okay. I would love you, Miss Janie, to give out your contact info. We have about a good maybe two, three minutes left, and I want them to be able to contact you and even purchase your uh, fabulous books and, of course, your art. Okay, thank you so much. Like they say in the old school, uh, in the last 20 years, just Google me. <laughs> okay. You can go. You can go to uh, jlouisestudio.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, um, which their algorithm is just trash. You can find me on TikTok, jlouisestudio.com. I'm kind of on Facebook sometimes when people aren't fighting about crap, but just go to my website. You can email me at j.louise.studio at outlook.com also too. And I do um, commission pieces. <laughs> I do um, I sell my prints. I sell my products. My art can be put on T-shirts, cups, whatever people, you know, usually need. Um, and if you see something on my website, if it's sold, like the one piece I'm doing right now, I'll be shipping tomorrow. She saw the piece, and um, I already had sold it three times. I've learned to master my own technique by painting my, my, my stuff over and over again. So jlouisestudio.com uh, or either uh, com. Thank you so much, and I have just had a most wonderful time getting to know you and our listeners and the caller. Thanks again, Miss Keisha from Dallas, Texas. Thank you for tuning in and being bold enough to push one and ask a question because a lot of people seem to freeze up with all that. But I'm glad that you took a chance on Artist to Artist and Mrs. Janie McGee. So I would love to thank you for being a visual artist guest, and we will not be strangers. So thank you so much, Miss Janie McGee. And thank you, too. I think your platform's amazing, and we need people like you. You're legendary in what you do, and you're, you're paving the way and giving a voice to artists that they don't have. So we, we lift you up. You are our shero. So I appreciate you a whole lot. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you so much. And we also had another listener that did not want to talk, and it's one of my friends, Inet, and she is part of the AV Art Club at the Senior Center. So she was one that hadn't painted before, wasn't interested, and she started painting, and she's better than she knows she is. So shout out to Miss Inet, and I want to thank everyone out there in the radio land. Thank you so much for supporting artists to artists and visual artists like Mrs. Janie McGee. So thank you so much, and I will see you the next first Sunday, and make sure you listen to Ovasi's Views on June 10th, 2023. And the topic is, I can't Juneteenth with y'all, so don't invite me. So thank you very much. Peace. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing back. Stood on this stage. 
Minding the broken, it'll be alright Right now, oh right now I just can't It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down What will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am? I know you're able 